three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to a special state championships edition of the Texas Private School Podcast. I can't believe it's finally here. It feels like the season started maybe two weeks ago, but 14, 15 weeks has absolutely flown by and we are here at the pinnacle of the season. As always, I'm one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis, and I'm joined by Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder from Stillwater, Oklahoma and College Station, respectively. Walker, I'll turn to you first. Um, I can't believe you're we're here. What are your yeah. thoughts on us finally being at this moment? Yeah, it's crazy, man. You know, who would have thought, you know, it feels like the seasons like flew by really, man. It's a crazy, crazy time, but you know, it's enjoy. It's been a great year. Uh, thank you to all of y'all for tuning in every week. You know, it means a lot, you know, we've, we've grown to where it's consistently like around what, 700 to 800 people an episode. It's kind of crazy. Um, which, you know, if we talked about that, what, two years ago, we probably wouldn't even thought we got that. So, um, excited for the future excited for more growth but thank you for building this community with all of us and excited for the future absolutely i just want to echo off that and say we have seen so much more growth than we even thought possible this year especially so big thank you to everyone that supported it means the world to us that people even even like watching our content it's just it's it's a huge huge thank you from all of us for that ryan schroeder we're finally here your thoughts on us arriving at the state championships yeah, I'm super excited for the, you know, the year. Uh, it's been a great year this year. And overall, I, it was a lot of fun getting to go back home and actually get to cover four games. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to go to a lot of games during the year, but thanks to the break roll around, I really got the chance to um, go see a variety of playoff games, you know, whether it be quarterfinals or semifinals. And so I'm really excited to see these final games. And I want to, yes, like they just both said, like, I want to appreciate, I appreciate every single one of you that has tuned into an episode that has liked an episode that has liked anything on Twitter or followed us, uh, in this past, you know, however many years now it's, it's been great. And, uh, we appreciate everything. We appreciate everybody else as well. That is, you know, has even invested in us as well. We, we appreciate that a lot, uh, whether that be through the website or other means for like, you know, whether that be award shows and all that kind of stuff, we appreciate you. Um, and yeah, let's, Let's get into it, man. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the ready for um, state championship talk. Let's do it. Absolutely. So and moving right on into that, we have to recap last week's pick records. And Ryan, fetch me, fetch me, fetch me the trophy, Ryan. No, I just want worry. to see it. Don't worry about it. It's right. Oh, look at that. I think oh. I think I'll have to get rid of it, though. I think <sighs> I'm too far back. My my good friend No Context TXPS put it out or he put out a tweet that stated with a uh, with a six and two record last week I have officially clinched the TXPS pick record trophy Hawk S Vanitas it will be mine I will be accepting it in Waco I will have an acceptance speech ready I will be wearing a blazer we will make a video out of it I guarantee you I'm very excited but I went six and two last week ryan went four and four walker went five and three that brings the aggregate totals for me 163 and 67 ryan went 158 and 72 walker is 147 and 83 with four games remaining guys as the pick record closes i want to hear each of your thoughts on your own performance starting with with walker lot you're, you're at the bottom but it's still a very good record nonetheless your thoughts yeah, it's good, but definitely could be better. Uh, you know, next year it's gonna be mine. Uh, you know, we're rotating it. It's gonna be mine next year. So that's how kind of how I see it. 
That is true. I mean, if, if the theory holds and you will have it next year, Ryan Schroeder, you you were on my tail the whole year. I, I got out to a small lead, I think around week five or six and didn't look back, but you you remained in close contest. And I honestly have to say, I very much respect the strategy you took last week going out on a limb, at least trying to find opportunity and exploit it. I know that led to, uh, to the chagrin of many Dallas Christian fans, but I do respect the strategy. You have my respect there. Your thoughts on the pick record as it closes. Yeah, some people might may not have liked the fact that I went out on a uh, on the limb to uh try uh to win the pick record, but uh, I'm trying to look at last year's pick records um and see where where I matched up versus you. I, I don't know if I have the final pick record from last year uh from what it was. Do you I remember think... percentage-wise cuz I am at I am at a 71% win um right I now. don't know if I know that off the top of my head. However, I think it was around 70. We'll we'll look at it. I think it's probably close. Um, we obviously picked less games last year than we did this year, so it has to be one percentage base. But um, yeah, no, it was it was a ton of fun this year. It was really close, and honestly, we were. I know we always say this, but we haven't said this in like a few weeks, or maybe I don't know however many weeks. But our pick records basically can show that we kind of know some things about private school football. However, this was kind of maybe a year where, you know, we had a lot of bad weeks and then some weeks we would do really, really well. But overall, when you, you know, when you're still basically in the 70 percentile or 70% of like, you know, one percentage that should prove that, you know, more than you don't know. Right. So. Definitely so. Yeah, I am very comfortable with all our pick records coming out of the year. And plus, it's just fun. It gives it serves as a talking point and it 100 percent gets people talking, which we will we'll get into the specifics of those later. But before that, we're going to discuss um, the TXPS media scoreboard powered by Ryan Schroeder. Um Let's see. So in terms of games, we're not going to fully recap. We had Nolan Catholic losing to Prestonwood 56 to 21 and Fort Worth All Saints besting Fort Worth Christian 35 to 8. Two games that Ryan Schroeder covered, as well as uh, Lovett Christian beating Brazos Christian 65 to nothing. Although we had word before the game that a lot of the kids on Brazos Christian caught the flu. Um, again, take it with a grain of salt. Lovett Christian was favored regardless, but a fantastic effort by Bax Townsend and company. Ryan Schroeder, really quickly, anything stick out to you from the two games you covered with being Nolan Catholic, Prestonwood, and All Saints, Fort Worth Christian? I'll start on that All Saints, Fort Worth Christian game. I want everybody to know how much of a dog Robert Sanders is. Um, he's the three-star Princeton commit. I actually heard something this past weekend that um, this is the first three-star that Princeton has ever gotten. And so they literally love Robert Sanders. Um, and I can see why. He's a great dude. Um, he's a heck of a ball player. Um, defensively, uh, he he had – I'm going to count it as two forced fumbles that got taken away by – one got a, by a penalty and one got called the incomplete pass, and it was an incomplete pass. Um, so he basically had two forced fumbles. Um, but he's a heck of a player. Had two interceptions the week before against Liberty and another forced fumble. Uh, a defensive force for with all saints, but yeah, Jalen Spriggs uh, is really running that offense super well for four with all saints. And it is coming to fruition for them. They're turning into the team that they uh, have designed to be all year. And it comes at literally the cost uh, at the cost, I guess, of the O-line, the O-line puts in so much work for that team. And we raved about that O-line being the best O-line in the state. Um, 
Now, whether that's true or not, you know, is up for discussion. That's what they believe. Um, but yeah, they do have the guys to do it. They have two guys going to D1. They have two guys going D1 this year on the O-line. Um, so, you know, that has to prove something. They had, they have, they've had, I think the stat is they've had at least one or two guys go D1 on their O-line for the past three years, what it was. So, fourth All Saints is doing super well. Fourth Christians had a really, really good year. Just seemed like the, you know, one of the best passers all year this year, Hogan Nelson, um, just really things weren't going that well. Luke Anderson did, did what he could, uh, and the rest of the guys on that team, like Tremble and Luke Anderson, all tried their best. But um, you know who did have a good game was um, Addison Kierton. Uh He had a really good game as well. He was catching a lot of passes for Christian. But real quick, press window and Catholic, uh, I think it goes without saying that A.J. Sibley is uh, insane. They – they treat that man like he is a king and he deserves to be treated like a king. I mean, he was a stud. Uh, he, I think he scored, uh, he scored, I think one or two, he scored two times maybe. Um, and he had over 300 yards is what he told me. So a heck of a game from AJ Sibley. Uh, and is someone that Parrish is going to have to stop now. Parrish is more than capable of doing that. However, AJ Sibley, you know, I don't think it's going to be the same. We'll get into that later, but I don't think it's gonna be the same matchup with how it was the last time against Parrish. Uh, but that Nolan team still put up a fight. Um, they had, uh, what's his name? Locking down, uh, uh, the number one wide receiver on Nolan Catholic, Antonio Hall. Uh, they had oh, Stoutmeyer. Yes, yes, Carter Stoutmeyer. Antonio Hall was getting locked up by him. Yeah, that interception was just crazy. Carter Carter literally went out there with one hand, went up and Odell that, and brought it back in. So uh, a, a great play nonetheless. And yeah, he's a he's a stud for sure. Yeah, I mean, both of those games look like really fun ones to be at, and especially shoot. I, all those pictures you got were insane. You got some oh, yeah. crazy pictures from the game. But, yeah, if good. you haven't seen those already, they're on our website on the, under the gallery tab, txpsmedia.com. Go check it out. But, yeah, I mean, we had a ton of great games, five of which we will review right now in detail. The first being Parish Episcopal versus Houston St. Thomas. Sophomore quarterback Sawyer Anderson leads the Panthers past the Eagles in a 42-7 to blowout win here. Sawyer went 17 for 19, accounting for 257 passing yards and four total touchdowns. Junior wide receiver Hutch Crow proved to be Anderson's favorite target, racking in 105 yards and two touchdowns, whereas sophomore wide receiver Bryson Fields was responsible for Anderson's other passing touchdown. The Parish defense was dominant as they have been all season long, allowing only 190 yards of total offense and only 41 rushing yards. Deion Lewis did all he could and was virtually all of St. Thomas's offense on the game, but the Parish defense was simply too dominant in this one. Walker, you know, we said when we saw St. Thomas um, earlier in the year, um, it's going to come down to if they can manage to stifle that parish front, especially on defense. They proved yeah. they could, could they that they couldn't, and Parrish gets a huge win here. Your thoughts on Parrish advancing to the state title game? Yeah, uh, you know, I was trying to, you know, catch up on when I was, when I was, uh, when I got back down to College Station to watch the LSU game. Uh, by that time, I think the St. Thomas game ended, but uh, watching, looking at it, man, like St. Thomas just got locked down, which you did not expect a lot from that type of squad. You know, only scoring seven points is something I just didn't see. So you have to give credit to that defense. They made turnover after turnover. Uh, Dante Lewis kind of got shut down, which I still think Dante had a great night, 41 yards rushing. 
142 yards passing, 14 of 25. Like the interception is what killed him. But you know, Dante's a great player, but um, I think also not having a you know, Johan was a hurtful thing where they knew they had to pass the ball and Parrish has the DBs to go against those guys, man. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because St. Thomas could be something next year too. They have a lot coming back with Johan and Dante and stuff like that. But um, Parrish is Parrish. Great game. Just versatile too. Maddox had 38 yards. Cedric had 26. Sawyer had 26. And then receiving, Hutch had 105, Bryson had 84, like you said, Burton 53. They just like, they had multiple guys out there, man, making plays and just, you know, uh, Sawyer found his guys, made some plays. But man, big, big win for Parrish over a team who I thought was really, really good. And they kind of shut down that offense and scored a lot of points on 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 offense as well. So very, very impressive win. Excited to see what they do against Prestwood this week. Definitely so. That'll be an interesting rematch that game. But quickly, Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on Parish Episcopal blowing out St. Thomas in the semifinals? Yeah, I think the offense can speak for itself. Sawyer Anderson uh, does what he can with his receivers like Derek Eusebio, um, as well as Chase Burton. Uh, those those guys work so well together. I know Derek and Chase just become great targets uh, for him. And, you know, you kind of just throw up a ball for any of those guys and they'll go up and get it. Um, but yeah, you have Maddox Reed and Cedric Mays on the rushing attack. Um, Max, I don't know is I, I, I feel like he's fully healthy again after maybe limping off a little bit in the game, uh, at, uh, globe life, but yeah, I mean, Cedric Mays is still the, right there as the number two guy as well for them. Um, he's still putting up yards as well. I mean, they are so versatile on the offense that, if Max gets hurt, doesn't matter. Cedric's going to come in the game. If, you know, if the passing game isn't working well, we're going to go to the rushing attack. You know, things just work out really well on this team. And I know that they are um, some dogs for sure. Yeah, it's just there's there's a complete lack of any weakness on Parrish's team. There's nothing exploitable when you look at them, especially when you play them. So that's we will detail how that will, will come into play in their matchup against Prestonwood later in the episode. But. That wraps up the discussion on the Division I semifinal. Now we move into a Division II semifinal played in Houston this Saturday, Fort Bend versus Second Baptist. The Brian Domino show was in full effect Saturday as Fort Bend secured revenge on Second Baptist in a reversal of last season's results. Domino had two touchdowns and was completely unguardable the entire game as Dever put the ball in the money over and over again. Kobe Sellers, Ethan Williams, and Noah Brooks were all impressive offensively in the win, while Connor Tallis and Matthew Brown held down the defensive anchor. Um, for second Baptist, um, Cannon Toon, freshman receiver, was very impressive. He caught a ball and got absolutely rocked in the end zone and hang on to it. Um, he's also his size is very impressive for a freshman. I think he's like six three, uh, yeah. two hundred pounds somewhere around there. Very, very impressive. One to watch for sure. Um, in Houston, uh, Turner Murdoch looked good as well. It's just, I mean, Fort Bend was a better team here. I mean, they came and play like their hair was on fire. I know they really wanted to reverse um, the result that happened earlier in the season when you went to watch them, Walker. And I think Domino being back opens up that offense in so many ways. It makes them a completely different team. Walker, I mean, what what do you think? Um, they're obviously a completely different result than when you saw them and they flat out got dominated back in the fall. I mean, your thoughts on them flipping the script here? Yeah, not only that, but flipping the switch on this offense, man. These past couple of weeks, they're finally coming to their own, especially offensively. And maybe Domino has a big part to play on that. But, man, that offense cl is clicking right now. 
And it's very scary to watch when Brady Devers at his best and the rest of that receiving course at its best. They have a great offensive line that gives Dever time to just do what he wants. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, Second Baptist, you know, people thought they were going to be good, but losing, you know, Everett Skiller and Eli Smith, uh, uh, Colin Hedges, Austin Courtney, others, right? That was going to be a lot of big, big loss of a senior class. And they came back to the semifinals, and that's a big, big success for them under that first-year head coach there. I know he's been there, you know, here and there, but, you know, first year back at it. Um, excited to see for the future. You know, you bring back J.D. Chris, uh, Turner Murdoch next year, and a couple other guys. You know, the big 78, man, you you even said it, big number 78. He's oh going to be gosh. one to watch. Bryce Butler. Um, but good season with Arrow, Arrow Brown and the seniors on that squad. But Orpin looks like they're clicking right now. Um, it's exciting to see how this team with, you know, we'll talk about it later, but all saints and them clicking at the same time, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Definitely. So second Baptist will definitely be back. I mean, I don't think that's a question. Um, they have so much young talent and I am looking forward to how they progress next season, but Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on Fort Bend getting a little bit of revenge here and besting second Baptist 41 to 14. I love it, man. I love it. I think Fort Bend has been the Fort Bend and All Saints have been the teams this year that you know everybody um, that they need the time to grow, right? They need the time to get better. They need the time to find out who they were, and now they've been in stride and they're getting hot at the right time in playoffs. And they're being the teams. They're they're smacking teams. I mean, Fourth All Saints smacks Fourth Christian. Uh, Fort Bend smacks Second Baptist. And yeah, I think this all goes to the fact that this team is playing super well together. Um, Brian Domino is just an absolute stud. Uh, and I think that comes with the aspect of, you know, Brady Dever just being an all out encompassing of what you want in a quarterback. And, and I think the hotness of his streak right now is just at an all time high. Uh, I think, I think he's going to go out a stud, um, whether it win or loss on, um, Friday, I think he's going to go out one of the best to ever do it, uh, down in that, um, district. And I, absolutely. I also- I also want to say this quickly, you know, uh, both all states and Fort Bend were not the leaders of their district going out in the playoffs, right? They had the harder track to get to where they're at now. We, you know, we had a lot of praise before the season because of how talented these teams are, but it weren't just clicking exactly how we thought they were going to. And they finally have clicked and, you know, Fort Bend had to play Hyde Park, who's good regents and then second Baptist and all saints had to play faith, Liberty and Fort Worth Christian back to back to back. Those are two tough tracks to get to the state championship. Um, so you got to be even impressed with these guys, man. That's, that's the harder track to do it. And they got there. So definitely. Was, so like going, I was going to say this real quick. Isn't it crazy how last year, uh, what's it called second Baptist was the one that had to play regents. Yeah. And then they ended up playing Fort Ben and they beat Fort Ben to go to the state championship. Now this year, Fort Ben has to play regents. They beat regents. Now they play second Baptist and they beat second Baptist to go to the state championship. It's it, kind of, it even goes, it even goes farther back than that. Yeah. Last year, last year, Fort Bend beat second Baptist to win the district championship. Second Baptist right. beat regents to play Fort Bend. Second Baptist beats Fort Bend to go to the state championship. Right. This year, second Baptist beats uh, Fort Bend to win district. Re- mm-hmm. Fort Bend beats regents to play second Baptist in the semifinals. Second Fort Bend beats second Baptist in the semifinal. It's literally the exact same thing flipped. It's crazy to think about, but it's how it went. And I know that, 
Coach Black, Dever, um, and company are all very, very excited and very hungry. I've listened to now for two straight weeks, Coach Black give uh, post-game speeches, and I, they're hungry. You know, they 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 take the appropriate amount of time to celebrate after the game, but they're hungry and they want the state championship. And I think it's going to be a great game. We're going to preview here in about 15 minutes. But moving forward into the next game, we're going to recap Dallas Christian versus TCS Lubbock. Speedy Nettles racks in 130 yards and two touchdowns, while Luke Carney adds 145 on the ground as DC eliminates TCS Lubbock 35-0. DC's defense was really the story here, totaling 14 tackles for loss. I'll say that again, 14 tackles for loss, with Austin Ellis and Devontae High both getting three. Zach Hernandez also added 92 yards and two touchdowns, one of them being a passing touchdown on a broken field goal I saw on Twitter. So, I mean... Walker, um, actually, no, Ryan, um, you, you made some comments before the game. It probably would have been in your best interest to say, I think TCA somebody's going to win this game at Dallas Christian's a good team. Um, but we recorded at midnight and everyone gets delirious and more, some more things were said, but DC not only beats TCS Lubbock shuts them out. Your thoughts on DC advancing. Okay. I want to, I just want to clear the air immediately. Cause I know everybody just, all the Dallas Christian fans immediately just skipped to this part of the video anyway. So, uh, <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> that's without a doubt. Uh, and, and the person watching this knows that too. Uh, so basically all I have to say is I know this Dallas Christian team is good. I know they've been good. Uh, I literally picked them earlier this year. Obviously they, they lost guys earlier this year, but I picked them in the spot where they lost fourth Christian uh, when I was actually traveling to fourth Christian to cover the game. Um, it's so I know Dallas Christian is good. I, I'm, I'm very aware of that. I know Luke Carney and I know how good he's been and the rest of the guys on that team. Speedy Nels is just an extreme athlete. Everybody knows how good he is. I just want to say this. Yes, that, that I picked TCS Lubbock and I picked them and I said some things I shouldn't have said to Porter and all of them, but I want to say this. I knew this Dallas Christian team was good. Um, did I think TCS Lubbock was going to win? Yeah, a little bit. I thought Marcus Ramon Edwards and them, you know, we're going to, we're going to put something up here and, and Eli Reeves. I really thought they would, but you know what? It just comes at the fact that this Dallas Christian team is elite. Um, and this next game we're going to cover doesn't matter. For the, for the state championship because I got Dallas Christian and we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But this Dallas Christian team is just elite, man. And there's a reason why um people are are upset that they're in D3 this year. People are uh, people are mad online. That is that is certainly the case. Yeah, Walker Lot. Yeah, why are people so mad on Twitter, man? That's crazy. Why are you why are y'all mad? Why are y'all mad? Why are you mad, Porter, that I told you to that you need to prepare for Marcus Ramon Edwards? Uh and then he didn't get in the end zone. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why you'd ever be mad. There's a there. There's an old quote by a prophet named Dave Chappelle that said, "I don't give a blank about Twitter because Twitter's not a real place. So in, anything said on Twitter can't hurt you." Walker Lot, uh, DC blanks TCS Lubbock. Your thoughts? Yeah, a uh, big win for Dallas Christian. We know. I think I said in the thing that Philip Baysmore and the rest of the defensive line had to have an amazing game, and they did that. You know, Austin Ellis, Devontae High, like you mentioned, great game. 14 tackles for loss. That's un, that's unreal, man. Great, great performance for D.C. Um, great great pack, back-to-pack gears for TCS Lubbock, you know, making the state and then running into a the, the powerhouse of D3 of Dallas Christian and having a good game. Uh Marcus Ramon Edwards goes down as, you know, one of the best to ever do it in the younger, uh, the smaller divisions and taps. Uh, great season ahead of him. 
big time player, and I'm excited to see how he does at Texas Tech next year. Uh, best of luck to you, man. And the rest of those guys, you know, hang your hats on a great season and great season last year. Um, but yeah, DC comes out on top and comes out on top big and looks ready to go for another state championship for them. Definitely so. And that'll be a very interesting game to match up and preview. Considering the next game we're going to review is Cypress Christian versus San Antonio Holy Cross, where Cypress Christian gets a 36 to 32 win, which will advance them into a state final matchup with Dallas Christian. I want to shout out the Cypress offensive line here, consisting of Andrew Owen, Zeke Hogan, Tucker Goodall, Jacob Branch, and Christian, yeah, Christian Slabic. Um, those guys led the way all night for the Cypress team and allowed them to put up that many points and really did a good job of, of protecting Maxwell Landrum so he could get the ball to to Potts, Prazak, and others. You know, very solid effort. Walker, I know we were texting back and forth. We were watching pieces of this game um, on Twitter, or sorry, on the live stream. And um, basically, Holy Cross took like a 14-point lead in the third quarter. And we're like, oh, Gibby, Rudy, and uh, Perez and company are going to take control of this game and win. And then Cypress, you know, they're, they're dogs. They just fought back, and they're like, no, we're going back to the state championship. This is ours. Uh, they got they got a big win here that's going to put them in a in a position to defend their title next week. Your thoughts on Cypress Christian advancing? Yeah, I mean, Coach Hogan and the rest of those guys, man, they just know how to win. They find a way every single time, and that's what they do. Um, excited to see how they do next week. You know, uh, just, you know, with a season which, you know, we were looking into it, not many seniors. I want to say like three or four max on this squad. Um, so they're a young squad. You know, the whole thing, I remember at the very, I believe, one of the first weeks we were talking about them, we said um, they're, you know, it's not rebuilding, it's a reloading type of thing. And, you know, that's kind of what they did. And, you know, uh, Cypress had a great season um, and they're continuing the season. San Antonio Holy Cross. Um, you know, they looked like 14 points up, you know, Rudy and those guys were ready to go. I want to mention Xavier Garza. I remember his name. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Big, big game by him. If I remember correctly. And he's been a great player for them as well. Um, you know, they're still young, I believe. I want, I want to say a couple of them are maybe 24s. And of course, Gibby, I know is a 25. So maybe you could see them next year causing some havoc, but, um, Cypress Christian, you know, uh, Maxwell Landrum does not like to lose and he does not do it this time. And he's going back to state big performance by him. I know he had a couple touchdowns, of course, um, running the ball passing the ball. That's just who he is, man. Yeah, definitely. So Ryan Schroeder, Cypress Christian gets a four point winning at San Antonio, Holy Cross, another, another team or a team that we all picked against, uh, your, your thoughts on, on the Warriors victory. You know, I really just love all the guys at Cypress Christian. I just want to make that very clear. Like those are all my best friends. So I, I just want to say that. And before anybody gets upset with me um, for this game, um, I, I'm, I am joking. I, I, I definitely think the Cypress Christian team is good. Um, and Holy Cross, man, it's just like, I, I was really like, you know, I was really excited about this team. This team is Holy Cross team. I know is, is younger too. Um, so two, you know, two younger teams in this matchup, um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, Joe Angel Perez, um, and give you Alvarado, I know they did as much as they could in this game. Um, but when it comes to Cypress Christian, you know, this team is elite, this team, you know, put down their foot and basically after the two interceptions, they, they, you know, they put down their foot and said, well, Hey, we're going to drive and we're going to step on the pedal here and go score. Um, so, you know, what a great performance by Cypress Christian. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see them match up against Dallas Christian, um, I don't think it's going to be pretty, but we'll talk about that in just one second. 
We definitely will. That will be another game we preview here shortly. But before that, we have to review our final top five matchup of the week. Shiner St. Paul versus Munster Sacred Heart in a game that St. Paul upset Sacred Heart 37 to 21. We all had Sacred Heart penciled in to go to the D4 State Championship, but Shiner St. Paul had other thoughts. St. Paul will be pursuing a five-peat, I will say that again, a five-peat, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back state championships here on Saturday. But, yeah, behind Slaughter, Walksmith, Bodeker, Peters, and Barta, I mean, this team, this team, they're just scrappy, man. They they do such a good job of running the ball and keeping control of the clock. And I think that's just, that's what really got to Sacred Heart here. 37 points, a lot of points for, for a team that plays the way or the style that, um, that St. Paul does. Walker, I mean, we all got this one wrong. St. Paul proves it and is going back to the D4 State Championship for a fifth straight year. Your thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say this, and I think this just encapsulates. That's not how you say that word. This just shows the entirety of Shiner St. Paul. They've won four straight state championships, and they've won six of the past seven. That's all you need to know. Championship mentality. They know what they do. Um, Just monster, monster team. They just are a machine to get back to the state championship. That's what they do. I know, I believe they were not healthy uh, at the start of the year, I think Nate Bodeker was one of the guys that were injured, and I think he's come back. And they're they're on a they're they're on a one line going to the state championship, and that's what they did. So big win for them. Um, great season for uh, for Monster Sacred Heart. You know Eli Hess, uh, Ryan's Ryan. Oh my God, Ryan Swarzynski and others. I know they have a couple young guys too that are going to be interesting to watch next year. And of course. Uh, Swarzynski is going to be back here next year because he's a 24. So they could be something next year for sure, but it's going to be interesting to see. Definitely. So Ryan Schroeder, St. Paul, best sacred heart and is going back to the state championship. Your thoughts. Before we talk about that, I just, it's so funny to me that Swarzynski or I guess is, is part of it, but like the fact that Swarzynski is just, it's just still has another year of high school is so funny to me. The kid is, it has been, just an absolute workhorse for that team for so long. And the rest of the guys on that team are absolute studs too. But yeah, um, going into this, I mean, I I don't I can't say I know a lot about this China St. Paul team. I know the first matchup between this this was the Catholic Bowl, and you know, the Catholic Bowl the first time, um, it was close. It was like a uh I think the final score is 30 to 20 or something like that, right? It was the final score. Um, so it was close the first time. Um, and China really could have, you know you know, almost, almost really turned the page in that one. But, you know, we now see this team uh, as being run by, you know, a little bit of an, you know, it just, it's always been run by the older classmen that have like kept, kept winning year after year. Last year, you know, those guys being uh, the older Bodeker brother and um, the stud himself. I forgot his name off the top of my head, but. Um, the, oh, Zach, the, uh, Zach Johnson. Of Wait. course, Zach, Zach, uh, Zach Johnson, right? I think that's right. He's yeah. an absolute stud. And and I think they just pr- pass on that tradition of winning year after year. Um, it's going to be tough against a good love of Christian team, but if there's any team to do it, um, it must be the team that's going for five in a row. So um, Trenton St. Paul has winning in their blood, and I could I can understand why they, they um, get a 16-point win here against Sacred Heart. Yeah, definitely so. I mean, a, a big, big win for them to – to get some revenge on Munster Sacred Heart and send themselves back into the D4 State Championship in a matchup we will preview here shortly. But before that, we're going to have a word from our sponsor, ScoreVision. 
This show is sponsored by ScoreVision. Are you looking to upgrade your scoreboards? ScoreVision is a cloud-based, user-friendly software with an affordable suite of tools so you can keep score, boost athlete exposure, increase fan engagement, and enhance your game day experience. Head over to www.scorevision.com for more information. ScoreVision. Experience the game. Power the athlete. And thank you again to ScoreVision for sponsoring this episode. But at the midpoint of the episode, we always highlight some other news, and we will do that today. Um, we're going to go back and look at some of our predictions from the preseason, see just how right or how wrong we got some of these projections. Um, in terms of D2 in our top four, Walker had Fort Bend Christian, All Saints, Midland, and then either St. Michael's or Regents for that fourth spot. I had roughly the same, but Fort Worth Christian in that fourth spot. And then Ryan had Fort Bend Christian, Regents, Midland, and then Southwest Christian. Honestly, all things considered, not bad. The only really egregious one in there was St. Michael's. And listen, that was coming off the heels of seven on seven. They looked very good. I'm a former yeah. receiver. I'm going to put a lot of stock into how the passing game looks. It is what it is. But Walker, I mean, honestly, for as much flack as we've gotten, not terrible. You see, we the teams that okay, the teams in Division Two, especially like that came out right that we thought were like really good preseason, struggled in the first couple of weeks, but then heated up at the, as the season went on when we went to district. So in the end, we're right. We were right. I mean, that is how it works. I mean, regardless of the path taken to get to the destination, the destination was there all along we were correct I, right I, Go on. I was i will say i was not very right on saint michael's but um that was that was you know sometimes you get you know you get just get blinded by uh seven on seven sometimes and you remember there's you know a couple five other people playing the game too i think i think a man named greg tepper warned of this warned us of this a little over a year ago but yeah. you know i i don't i i heed advice from no man i am the ultimate authority on texas private school football <laughs> ryan schroeder um honestly not not a bad not a bad projection list by us your thoughts on how it shook out yeah i might have had the worst one though i only have one of my one of mine in there um i'm trying to think i I yeah i had one team in the final four um and y'all i think have Shoot, y'all have two in the final four in there, but Wes yeah. has three in the final four. Wes picked a really good final four, man. I mean, you did really, really well. Both y'all obviously had um, you know, the the state champions matchup in there. Uh I I had I had faith in uh Walker's Southwest Christian team. Um, but you know, just just to shout out to all the Southwest Christian fans out there, I I want to say that that I had faith in y'all from the jump. So all right, I will I'll give my guys like five seconds of love. Uh, <laughs> the private school football guy, not us, by the way, not us, not whatever. us, not us. He tweeted out the other day, right? Not me. He said perspective of how good Taps Division Two District One is. SES had All Saints beat until the fourth quarter. Played fourth Christian uh, within seven points, a state finalist and a semifinalist, and they didn't even make playoffs. So they were a good squad. They were just in the District of Doom in uh, taps this year. But, uh, you know, a lot of that was just minor mistakes that they made themselves. But very intrigued to see how they do next year. Uh, they lose a couple guys. But, yeah, good season for the guys. Just what what can you do type of thing. 
Yeah, it is difficult to compete when a bunch of D1 teams move down into D2. And that's not me throwing shade at all. It's really just when districts get well, shook up that much, it's just it's difficult to log jam. Well, let's talk like let's do that. In Division Four, the one team that moves down is Lubbock Christian, uh -huh. and they're now in the state championship. Division Three, the one team that moves down, Dallas Christian, is in the state championship. The other two teams in Division Two that moved down, DC Mid or sorry, All Saints Midland Liberty, all had successful seasons this year. It's not like it's this out of ordinary thing, right? That like the the big teams that moved down did better in their smaller divisions, which, I mean, that kind of makes sense. So, it maybe with you know maybe dc and a lubbock is it fair i don't know but um you kind of saw people moving down did not had a lot of success this year yeah i mean it's it, it's how it works you know um we, yeah. we did a whole episode discussing you know our thoughts on the realignment so shameless plug go back and watch that if you like <laughs> it but you know it's it's interesting it's just interesting how it shakes out i mean i don't really have much more to say than that my team wasn't yeah. greatly affected by that it's it just it is what it is but moving on we're going to now go back and look at our taps d1 projections where we got the north uh, completely right i mean just hats off to us not that it was very difficult to project looking into it <laughs> yeah. but obviously parish comes out on top uh preston wood um is second tca's third nolan's fourth lynch is fifth um the north again pretty easy to predict um it is what it is the south we didn't get quite as right we uh we projected saint thomas to be first um central catholic second antonian third saint pius fourth concordia fifth and the village sixth we got sixth and seven or we got a fifth and sixth right i mean for what it's worth the top four not so much it, the way it really shook out was how many times have i said shook or shaken out in the last two minutes i need to stop saying that <laughs> and antonian Antonian was first, St. Thomas was second, St. Pius was third, Central Catholic was fourth, and the other two we got right. So, you know, guys, uh, we got the South a little bit wrong, but we got the North completely right. Walker Lot, you think that that evens out in the long run? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just makes, you know, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two, and that's <laughs> it. Uh, but, yeah, great season by Antonian. We have to make that clear. You know, St. Thomas was a really good team, we thought, but Antonian, great season for them. St. Pius, you know, had a lot of talent. They kind of used it to get that third spot this year. But yeah, um, with the well, with the tabs overall standings, Parish and Peewood, we got right. St. Thomas, we had third, which maybe you can argue with Antonian loss, you can move him down. But TCA barely loses to St. Thomas, so that kind of makes sense. Central, we needed to move down, and Nolan maybe. Oh, well, Nolan made the semifinals, so not really. So Central maybe needed to move down, but others kind of makes sense so we kind of did not a terrible job in tabs d1 well i would have yeah. to agree ryan schroeder would you echo that sentiment yeah the exact same thing i was just gonna say yeah we, we may have had st thomas wrong on the fact of yeah they lost antonian in the in the final district game but st st thomas was still a final four team right they played parish but they're a final four team so i don't know we weren't that wrong i actually we weren't even close to wrong for being completely honest this is a really this is probably by far one of our best production projections that we've had yet so yeah, no, this is this is boosting. This segment is boosting my confidence slightly. Oh yeah, I, very, it is taken. It much. is going wrong. It has taken some large, catastrophic hits over the last few weeks with just getting some games wrong. I'm looking at you, Nolan Catholic, but I mean, we just seeing going back to the beginning, looking like, oh, okay, so we actually projected these teams more or less how they actually fell, which was it's it's nice. It, it's nice to be right once in a while, but 
Yeah, um, that is that's actually that's gonna shake out. What am I doing? Why do I keep saying that? That's gonna round out um our commentary on other news. And now we're going to get into the segment that we've been waiting to do for the entire year, the four games of the week, the four taps state championships starting with taps division one parish episcopal versus prestonwood christian friday at 7 p.m parish episcopal will face off against prestonwood where the panthers will seek their fourth consecutive state championship led by two dominant fronts and the offensive line consisting of nicholas ferris sam liu nathan weber aiden gilmore and jacob bacano Whereas Trey Williams, Caleb Mitchell Irving, Ian Usery, and James Cave round out the defensive side, it is these fronts that set Parrish head and shoulders above every team in the state. You add in athletes such as Daniel Demery, Chase Burton, Cedric Mays, and Sawyer Anderson at the helm, leading all of them, and Parrish has been unstoppable up to this point in the season. But across the field from them wait the Prestonwood Panthers. Although bested 42-14 to by Parrish in November, McGuire Martin and the Lions will be hungry and looking for revenge. A.J. Sibley might be one of the best athletes on the field in this contest, and we will have to have a huge game to keep Prestonwood in competition. The question is, can his offensive line withstand the onslaught that Parrish's front seven will bring? Can they give McGuire enough time to get the ball to C.J. Jackson and Luke McGarry? Honestly, I don't think so. Um, I haven't seen, uh, admittedly, I haven't seen Preston Wood this season. Um, I know they're talented, but the thing is, I don't know that I would have had to have seen them. I think I can just go off knowing how good this parish front is and just the fact they've competed with teams like South Oak Cliff, Alito, et cetera, et cetera. They are, they are the best team in private school this year, bear none. To pick against them would be asinine. I like the Panthers to win state for the fourth consecutive time. Walker Lott. Yeah, um... Wow, what a season for Parish Episcopal. They defied a lot of odds, played a lot of tough teams, and they came out on top on a lot of them and played a close game against uh, still in playoff South Oak Cliff in 582. Um, what a season. So much talent, top to bottom, every single position, Division One talent. Um, I'm saying this because absolutely I'm going to pick Parish, but we have to talk about the success and the continued success of Parish Episcopal. Anytime you thought, hey, it could be maybe they could have a shot, the mindset of this team was no. Like, we're showing how good we are, and you have to tip your cap to them because some people could get complacent, but still, week after week after week, they come in and just are ready and are energized and treat it one week at a time as a business trip, and that's so, so impressive. I want to credit the coaching staff over there. Um, Prestonwood is a good squad, and I'm excited to see him from the photos that Ryan took. There are some athletes on that squad, and I'm excited to watch him. One that stood out to me is Marshall Tucker, the defensive end, tight end, 6'5, 220 pounds as a sophomore. I didn't even know this guy existed, and now I'm excited to watch him. Uh, AJ Sibley will do his thing. We're excited to see that, and watching the senior season come to an end with McGuire Martin to see how he ends his senior year, um, the right way. Excited. This is going to be a good one, man. A lot of talent on the field. Completely agree. It's one of my favorite matchups of the week. Uh, Ryan Schroeder, uh, Parrish versus Prestonwood. Your thoughts? So I just saw this Prestonwood team, and I have heard from some of these players on this team. I mean, I've seen both these teams in the past week and a half, and I'll tell you this. The the front the seven on, on both sides of Parrish's offensive defense, like you said, is absolutely unmatched. It is 
there's no one else and whatever. I, I can talk about the all saints line and all them being like, you know who they are, but if we're being very fair here, this parish, these parish guys play like UIL, like, you know, the, the six, a UIL type of front, right. They're going to play like, you know, the big guys that they are um, guy that we didn't even mention. Max Reed is going to have a great game for them. Um, and I just want everyone to know that this parish team is just built um, built to be winners, right? They're built to be the winning team, uh, regardless of whether that be they're playing a UIL team on a Friday night in September or they're playing for the state championship on December 2nd, um, you know, at 7 p.m. It's, it's, they, they play the same no matter what it is, and they, they just go hard um, the entire time. Now, with that being said, I love this Prestonwood team. I, I've gotten to know um, the coaching style. Coach Yantis, um, I, th- I think I'm saying that right, it's just literally the definition of he comes in from Arizona State and treats this entire program like they're another college team. Um, they really feel like they are treated like a college team, too. After talking to multiple players, um, from what I can tell, they work basically college hours when it comes to the, you know, whether that be going through film, whether that be like, um, you know, scouting other teams and stuff like that. They work the hours that it takes to be the elite type of team. Now they play with Prestonwood type athletes, which but what I mean by that is basically just, they play with some of the best players, but they're private school players. Nonetheless, Paris is able to be able to grab because they have this pool that no one else has. Right. So Prestonwood is doing all that they can. And, and I feel like they have the best team to match up in private school against this Parish team. But although McGuire Martin and AJ Sibley, the stud of AJ Sibley, and, and the rest of this team with CJ Jackson, Carter Stoutmeyer, um, and just all these dogs, I don't think they can match up with Parrish. Give me Parrish in this one, um, and Parrish by two touchdowns. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, probably the smart decision. Parrish has been untouchable the entire year, and why would it be different here? I think going with Parrish is a smart move. Now, Transitioning into the TAPS Division II state championship, we will see Fort Worth All Saints take on Fort Bend Christian. Friday at 12 p.m., this matchup is going to take place, and it will be the first and only meeting between these two squads this year. Both teams were our preseason picks to make the state championship, but are but they arrived to it in much different ways than expected. All Saints is only seven and five, going two and two and finishing third in Division One, but have caught fire in the playoffs, sending home Faith, Liberty, and Fort Worth Christian in subsequent weeks. Jalen Spriggs, Javon Williams, and Chris Powell Freeman lead a lethal passing attack for the Saints, while Robert Sanders has emerged as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate and leads that defense. But you can't mention lethal passing attack without mentioning Brady Dever and the Fort Bend Christian Eagles. The re-addition of Brian Domino has turned this offense in one of the most efficient machines in the state, honed by the 46 points per game average in the playoffs. And the problem is you cannot simply double domino because you have Braylon Gardoni and Noah Brooks. And by the way, Noah Brooks is the TAPS 5A 400-meter state champion. This dude splits a 47-5 in the 4x4. I say that because I ran the 400 in the 4x4 in high school. That is ridiculous. Splitting 47-5 is just crazy talk. And plus, he's just – that's all to say. The dude is fast, and they have weapons on this offense. Defensively, one of the best prospects in the 25 class, Max Granville, will need to be accounted for, and Connor Tallis will hold down the middle. The question here is, does Fort Bend Christian secondary have the athletes to contain this Fort Worth All Saints passing attack? 
Senior Matthew Brown has been incredibly impressive this year, but it will all depend on if they can keep Spriggs in check. Granville will have a large responsibility in creating pressure so that he is not allowed to sit back and pick the Eagles' back line apart. Now, before I make my pick, I'm actually going to turn to you, Ryan. Um, how good is this uh, All Saints secondary? That's something I wanted to know. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on the game and also just All Saints' secondary? All Saints' secondary, um, you know, has the type of guys to, you know, to keep up, in my opinion, with the wide receivers of Fort Bend. Um, but they're really, I will say they are kind of built more in in the, in the seven um, that they have on, you know, the linebacking core, as well as the, the outside ends, like the defensive ends and Robert Sanders. Um, one of the other defensive guys I want to mention is uh, <laughs> I, I, I saw a comment that said uh, number 44 looks 44. Uh, that being uh uh, I think Kevin or Kevin. Oh yeah, Kevin Chumley. Yeah, more Kevin Chumley. Yeah. Oh, he, dude, he's got the full beard and everything. He's also an amazing dude, by the way. But he's a dog. He hits so hard. Um, and you could tell, he, like the way he just looks in general. But yeah, this team, this team is built. This team is built well. Um, on that that side, like they're built well on the defensive side. They have lots of athletes. Um, the thing is. I know the wide receiving core at Fort Bend is going to give them a run for their money. Um, but then again, the wide receiving core at, at fourth Christian is just right there with them, right? That fourth Christian wide receiving core is some of the best that we have in D2 Trimble and uh, Kirton and uh, uh, green and, and all the rest of those guys, right? Like though, all those guys are by far, you know, some of the best receiving core. And now you know, we know this Fort Bend receiving core has been the same way. I just have to argue, you know, Hogan Nelson versus Brady Dever, who's going to put the ball in the better spot, right? No, but like you have the, you have like, you know, Hogan Nelson versus Brady Dever, which, you know, that's just the question there that it becomes. However, offensively though, this All Saints team runs a different script. Um, I'm telling you from what it seems like, you got uh, Javon Williams, who has come into this like, you know, corner slash wide receiver position. He's playing both sides of the ball. I know that he is just an absolute stud, but I think it has to go into the eyes of Jalen Spriggs, who can get it out wide to a guy like Chris Powell Freeman, who can cut up the field and go all the way up, or he can hit his boy DJ and DJ is going to do the exact same thing. Jalen Spriggs could take off for himself. Um, very versatile offense. I've already said that versatile probably four times tonight, but I just want it to be known. I like the Salt Saints team. I've seen them back to back weeks, and they have proved me. Um, it proved me wrong in back to back weeks. So, yeah, I I really like this team a lot. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Forest All Saints in this game. I'll still refrain from giving my pick yet. Walker Lot, your thoughts? We talked a lot, right? about the the skill athletes of both squads, which are very, very dangerous. I want to talk about the offensive lines. That's my specialty. That's what I really like. You know, we talked about it, right? You did the post, Ryan, right, of the offensive line for Noel, or for All Saints being the best in the O-line in the state. I mean, in private school, they have a good, good argument for it. Um, Charlie Johnson has been a guy who started his career at Southwest Christian, transferred over his sophomore year, when the Brockemeyers were there. And even that Brockemeyer offensive line was so, so good. And now, you you know, they leave and you're like, all right, what do they do next? How do you replace two, you know, five-star, four-star type of guys on the offensive line? And they have a very, very good offensive line. You know, Ian Bothwell is one to watch in the 2025 class. I talked about it with the guys 
275 as a sophomore. That is disgusting. That's going to be a power five guy, in my opinion. The size, how he looks, is just so, so impressive. Cole Edrich is a guy that we talked about a while back after doing some interviews over the summer when I was seeing him. Ben Anali is already a Division one offered offensive lineman. And Ryan, uh, Mickey White is another guy on the offensive line. Th- that is a all-offensive line, 6'2 and above, 270 above, just elite offensive line. On the other side, you have one of the best offensive linemen in all of TAPS in Bennett Warren. 6'8", looks a lot like Remington Strickland at that age where he was just, he looks the part, athletic, long, is nasty too. He has that nasty streak to him, which you want in an offensive lineman. Um, other guys, I know Robinson is another guy. Uh, I'm trying to remember on the top of my head and other guys on the offensive line, but they have a good solid offensive line too. A couple guys over six, three, six, two ish one over like six, five. So they have a good offensive line too. And what's their running back's name? Wes over there for Fort Ben, Ethan Williams. So you have him and then you have Andre Minifield. I believe that is the guy for, uh, Fort Worth all saints back to back. Who's going to win in the ground game? That's going to be my big thing. Um, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go PTF, baby. That's all I need to say. PTF. And those guys at Fort Worth All Saints know what that means. I've heard it all my life over there from those guys over there growing up near Fort Worth All Saints is PTF, PTF. And I've never really truly, you know, I never grew up like that. But it's it's just something different there that they take um, Demetrius Knox, Ohio State, Offensive lineman for the Seahawks come back coaches. And I remember in his photo the other day, he posted PTF. It's instilled in that football program of protect the family. And that's exactly what they're going to do, especially the offensive line is going to protect Spriggs, let him do his work. And I think that's what's going to win them the state championship here in Waco the next coming days. Give me Forberth All Saints PTF. You know, you know, it's so funny about all that. I'm standing right next to these guys. And I literally said, I, I was talking to, uh, to Bennett and I was saying, I said, Bennett, I said, I am six two and y'all make, and I'm way, you know, uh, yeah, getting up there. Um, and I'll tell you that y'all just look huge next to me, like huge. And he goes, well, we're wearing cleats and a helmet. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Y'all are huge. And you know, like I said earlier, the argument that I made was obviously Parrish was in a different class, but if we're talking about a private school team, especially in D2, I have to believe that this is the best line in D2. So remind me not to get anywhere near the All Saints football team because I feel short around y'all. I'm like six foot even. And if they're making y'all feel short, then I don't want to be anywhere near the All Saints sideline. So I'll be sticking around Fort Bend. But as for my pick, um, I, All Saints is good, man. They're really, really good. Like we knew this coming in. They had their struggles, but – but Spriggs, Williams, Pal Freeman, all of them, Sanders are so, so good. So much Division One talent. I just can't count out Dever. I can't, man. Like, I, it's no secret that this Fort Bend team has been arguably my favorite to cover over the past two years. Um, Dever's a gamer. After I watched what he did against Regents and how he almost single-handedly willed that team um, into the semifinals and now the state championship, I can't I can't pick against him and, and that squad. I like this Fort Bend team a lot. I think they have a legitimate shot to win here, and that's why I'm riding with the Eagles. But I think regardless, this is going to be a fantastic game. Between two teams that we said would be here before the season, it will be an absolute war. 
Moving on into the TAPS Division Three State Championship, we're going to see Dallas Christian versus Cypress Christian. The reigning D3 champions, DC, will take on defending, or the reigning D2 champions, Dallas Christian, excuse me, will take on defending D- Division Three champions, Cypress, this Saturday at 7 p.m. Now, the question is, if DC wins this, does this make them the Conor McGregor champ champ? Do they get two belts? Do they get the D3 and the D2 trophy? Do they get to, you know, claim it over whoever wins D2? Who knows? That's uh, that's that's neither here nor there. But DC is DC. Hard nose, smash mouth football led by athletes whose sole purpose is to punish you for 48 minutes. Cole Burke and Porter Nix lead the way for a Chargers rushing attack that features standout sophomore quarterback Luke Carney as well as workhorse senior Zach Hernandez, which is the engine of the Chargers offense. Add in future D1 athlete Speedy Nettles, and this squad is already elite before even discussing the defense. Behind Patrick Bazemore, Devontae High, and Austin Ellis, the Chargers are only allowing 11 points per game and most recently pitched a shutout last week against a very good TCS Lubbock team. Now, as for Cyprus, they've been dominant since October, rattling off six straight wins by an average of 30 points. The Warriors are averaging 36 points per game behind the play of Maxwell Landrum, senior Preston Harmick, senior offensive lineman Christian Slabick, junior J.D. Potts, junior Jacob Ronch, junior Zeke Hogan, junior Kyle Prazak, Andrew Owen, Warren Hoddeck, and sophomore Tucker Goodall. Now, the point of emphasis here is similar to Division One. Can Cypress's front that I just mentioned hold off Dallas Christian's relentless pursuit? If the O-line crumbles in front of Landrum early, then the entire game plan could splinter and this could get ugly fast. However, if it holds and Cypress Christian gets athletes in space, then a few big plays could make this one interesting. However, I think DC just has far too much talent, far, far too much depth to lose in this spot. And quite frankly, no disrespect to Cypress. I know I've been put in a spot to pick against them a lot this season, but I don't think this one's close. I think Dallas Christian absolutely stomps Cypress in this spot. Walk a lot. Your thoughts? This is this is an interesting one. I, I'm going to go D- Dallas Christian in this one, but I think you have to respect both teams in this one. Cypress Christian has championship pedigree led by Chris Hogan, who knows how to win. He knows how to, and he knows how to coach and he knows how to scheme right for the opponents. He has one thing about Chris Hogan, though, Chris Hogan has played DC before. He has done it a lot of times in in Gravine faith in his career. He knows how to play these guys. He has coached a lot against Mike Wheeler over the years in playoffs over there at Gravine faith. So this is a familiar foe against him. But like you said, I don't know how Cyprus keeps up with all of the talent that Dallas Christian has to offer. Speedy Nellos is a true Division One talent, but I really think you know a guy like uh, Porter Nix could be a Division One talented type of guy, his size and his athleticism. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, they have, I just think they have too much talent on that DC side. I think they're going to win, like you said. D2 to D3. It's going to be a big one for them. Back-to-back state champs for the Dallas Christian Chargers. Uh, Give me DC. It's kind of just a question of who's better, the D2 champion or the D3 champion. It's just kind of how this season has has turned out with all the realignment stuff. Uh, Ryan Schroeder, is it even worth asking you your thoughts in this game, or is it just uh, pre-decided? I, I think if anybody saw my tweet, I know only a few people saw it, so I'm actually going to get to announce it to everybody now. Uh, What's going to stink is I now both these teams don't really like me. And so I don't know where I'm going to stand during this game. I might have to sit in the parking lot or sit up in the booth upstairs. 
No, no, I didn't tweet that. No, I tweeted out who I what my prediction was. They they know they and they know we're good people. We came literally last year to their uh to like give out awards to their school. Like they can't hate us that much. Let's let's be very fair. Oh, You're on fair. our website front page. Like no, come on. We love we love them. All right. Um, let me say this very much before I get into anything. Uh. I wanted to know, want to be known that Cypress Christian, you know, has Maxwell Landrum, the O line that, that is also very, very talented, um, with Zeke Hogan and the rest of those guys. Maxwell Landrum, I, oh, this is gonna be like a very, this is gonna be a camera guide moment, but I have one of the best shots of Maxwell Landrum I think I've ever had. It's one of my favorite shots of him screaming last year after they won. But I, this Cypress Christian, I like this Cypress Christian team a lot. Um, I've had some bad blood this year with them. But I think it's very easy to say that Dallas Christian is going to win by 40 in this game. Um, you know, I dropped that on you to say that Dallas Christian is just, it, it's a different breed. And I hope this makes up for the fact that I, that I said some unkind things for a pick record last week, but you know, n- nothing, no harm, no foul. I just try to get w- wins on, uh, you know, West and the pick record. That's all it was. Uh, Dallas Christian, I got in this one, uh, you know, write it down, check it up, put it on the wall somewhere in Cypress Christian's locker room and take it down when you go on your bus on the way home. So I'm living by this man. And I want them to put this on Twitter before the game too. That way they can like really, really read it too. Cause when you put it on Twitter, that just makes it even more like surreal, doesn't it? Full disclosure. We like Cypress Christian a lot. Um, but, but yeah, um, I had something to say here, and I just it completely just left my brain whenever you said that. But yeah, Cypress Christian DC going to be a very interesting one. We will be there covering it live. Very excited to see how that turns out. But that being said, we are now moving into the final matchup we're going to cover or preview for this year. So soak it in, guys. This is the last preview we're doing for the 2022 football season. The Taps D4 State Championship. Love it, Christian versus Shiner St. Paul. So Friday at noon, Shiner is going to attempt to complete an elusive feat, winning five straight state championships. The Cardinals have not lost a game since early October, and they exercised some demons with a 37-21 upset over Sacred Heart last week. St. Paul will rely heavily on a ground and pound attack and a stout defense featuring the likes of Braden Slaughter, Jacob Walksmith, Nate Bodoker, Elliot Peters, and Zane Barta. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see the game plan that Walksmith and company um, implement in this game because they're going to need a very good one to take down Lubbock Christian, who's going to play more up-tempo. They're going to rely on star quarterback Bax Townsend, who's one of the better dual-threat quarterbacks in the state. And with help from Will Hawley and Wilson Weidman, this Eagles team is one of the more well-rounded in the state. Lubbock Christian is only one game shy of a clean sheet, and they have blitzed through every opponent they have faced so far this season. This is going to be a different uh, battle of different styles here. You know, the question is, can St. Paul control the clock in a similar way to how Kincaid controlled EHS and the SBC Championship? I think that St. Paul is certainly capable of doing that. However, I think Lubbock Christian, in the same way DC does, has too much firepower in this spot. Um, You know, I think Bax Townsend is going to be too good to stop. And Walker, I mean, we know a lot of other guys that will let you detail um, after I get done. But I just, I think Lubbock Christian is going to win this game and probably win it comfortably. Your thoughts? Yeah, Lubbock Christian, you know, moves down from D3, who was a really good favorite in D3, moves down to D4 and has been really, really good. 11-1 and so far in the season uh, with one loss, I believe, to a – was an interesting one without bats to Weatherford Christian. 
Lubbock Christian, you know, they're same. If you go on their social media, you look at other things. They say they're max out. And looking into it and talking to people, they base it on Colossians three twenty three. They're not overly big. They're not overly fast, but they they go max out, giving everything they have. And that's that just like that West Texas just mindset, right? Like no one's gonna beat them. Like they're no one's gonna beat them on effort. No one is. They're gonna give everything they have. They're gonna play physical. They're gonna play tough. That's just how Lubbock Christian is. Uh, you mentioned Will Hawley, leading tackler, a middle, middle linebacker, and also plays left guard for them. Uh, very, very respected guy over there and leads by example. Beck Pogler, the starting left tackle and defensive end, leads the team in pancakes on offense and probably their best defensive lineman. Luke Lee, the junior, starting safe, strong safety and wide receiver, leads the team in touchdown catches, going to be a good player. Evan Jong, starting defensive end and also right guard. Um, I believe there was a story. I forgot who that did it, but um, he's a foreign exchange student from Shanghai, China, and came to Lubbock Christian in eighth grade. Think about going from China to Lubbock, Texas. What a difference of an atmosphere. But didn't know anything about football, and now it's developed into a two-way starter for the Lubbock Christian Eagles. So that's a big, big thing for them. Joseph Fernerhau, uh, yeah, Fernerhau, maybe their best weapon at receiver but definitely their best color, cover quarterback. Uh, he's a junior, great athlete, adjusts the ball well in the air. Um, Brady Simmons, the junior, is their starting running back and plays a lot of safety in the defensive back. Good runner, but good, great pass catcher out of the backfield. He's going to be a guy that is going to be really, really important, especially with the backs, towns, and carries. He's going to be a lead blocker for them a lot of times, so he one to watch for him. He might not make the score with backs making the score, but he's going to get backs to the touchdown, so that's going to be a big one to watch. Fastest straight-line runner based on track times last season. Statistics-wise, They've outscored our two playoff opponents 117 to nothing. That's that's a big stat. Defense is allowing just over one foot of play in those two games. They've also caused more turnovers in those two games than the other teams has past completions. So, in the end, their defense has been extremely prepared. Has been carrying them a lot through these playoffs. Shiner St. Paul, you can never count out Coach Waxmith. Six out of seven state championships. They've won them all. They've won four straight now. Jacob Waxmith has probably known that offense his entire life under coaching uh, coaching under his dad. L.A. Peters was our offensive or offensive lineman last year. Or no, are their defensive lineman for the year last year in Division Four. Brandon Slaughter has been a great player. Nate Bodeker back from injury has been a huge effort for them. Hundred and seventeen to zero. That's all I have to say. Give me Lubbock Christian. It's a fair point, Ryan Schroeder. For the final time this year, let's hear your pick on this game. Oh, it's been a good year. It's been a great year, as some would say. Um, you know, some something that I feel like, you know, we haven't done a lot this year. Um, something fun that we used to do last year a little bit, and oh, I don't no. even know if we've done it this year. Oh no. Uh but all I got to say here, oh, first off, let me get into the numbers real quick. First off, numbers say Lover Christian has only lost one game this year. Um, with that being to weather for Christian when Bax Townsend was not playing, with that, with Bax Townsend playing, they have all their most amount of points they've ever let up this year is 28 points with two shutouts coming in the playoffs, like Walker said. Um, you know, this team is closest game of the year was to well, it was to Wellington, but you know, their closest prize 
tactical game of the year was Sa- Munster Sacred Heart. And, you know, that game was as bad as close as it could be a home game for Lubbock Christian that they almost lost to Ryan Straczynski. Um, And yeah, now this is the second time really they're going to face like true talent. Now, Weatherford could have given them a game as well with Bax Townsend, but I think the closest game of the year was would be Munster Sacred Heart. A 12-0 team basically that is in route to winning the state championship. Shiner has winning in their blood. And so for the last time this year in all of 20... 22. I have Lubbock Christian over Shiner St. Paul. We will see y'all in Waco. I am hyped. It's going to be a great, great, great state championships. Uh, yeah, can, you, is it, can everybody feel it right now? I mean, this place is going nuts right now. This place is going nuts in the plex. Like people said, you know, you gotta pump it up. You gotta you got pump, to pump it, it up. up. Oh, dang it. I was literally oh. loading my Spotify. Oh, my gosh. Go. No, I, absolutely. Yeah, I cannot explain how how much I have enjoyed this season, how much I have enjoyed making picks, going to games, meeting all of you, getting to just cover athletes. It has been such a fun time. I cannot explain how excited I am for the state championships. It's the most fun weekend of the year. Every year we will be in Waco. We will be covering all four of these games Friday and Saturday. Walker Lott, you have any any closing thoughts for the last week of the season? Texas high school football is something that's different than most things um, you can have as a high school kid. Um, You know, in other sports, right, basketball, volleyball, um, you know, golf and all that, you can go play. You know, you won't play in high school. You can maybe go play in college, right? And you can go play it recreationally with your friends and stuff growing up and, you know, as you grow up. After your four years of high school football, if you don't go play college, you're done. You don't you don't put up the pads anymore. And there's something that's kind of special about that, especially in Texas. A lot of the one good thing I think about private school, right, is because they're so small, you can have the small town feel to a lot of games, have the whole community come around um, and just build that community. And that's what makes it so special. And for a lot of these seniors, a lot of these teams this is the biggest stage you'll ever get. This is the state championships. This is the biggest of the big of a sporting event that you can have your part in ever. That is what makes it so special. The community coming together, everyone driving down from Waco. I already saw Lubbock Christian has an 8 a.m. Send them off all the way to Waco when they go for the state championship. This is what makes it so much fun. And it comes down to this. 48 minutes to put everything you have on the line to win that that trophy. That's all that matters for these guys. Do whatever you can to win that trophy. And I'm so excited we're going to be able to cover this. It is what all of us just loved watching the emotion, the highs and lows of all you guys putting in everything you have on the line to win. There's nothing better than that. There's, you know, the support you have if you lose from your school and your community. And the success and the feeling of just, uh, I don't even know. There's not a feeling. There's not a word to describe the feeling of winning a state championship. I haven't done it. And I wish I could feel what some of these guys are going to feel. Parrish going for four straight. Can Shiner St. Paul win five? Like, that's the, some of these storylines. The the under, the the storylines going into these, these games are going to be so much fun to watch. Dallas Christian moving down. Are they going to continue to dominance? 
forbidden all saints, you know, have a lot of talent, struggled and fought their way to the state championship and who's going to come out on top. This is what we love. This is what high school football is all about. Private school football is so much fun to watch. We're excited to do this and ready for another good 48 minutes, four games. Excited for it, guys. So many emotions, so much talent, so many storylines. Ryan Schroeder, what do you what do you want to leave us with on on the last the last preview? I can't say anything to follow that up, y'all. I'm excited to see y'all. Um, and yeah, let's 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 get it, man. Let's do it. Let's have a really good state championship. Um, and make sure to come say hi if you see us. Um, yeah, for sure. Like I know a lot of y'all be playing, but you know, parents, um, you know, anybody else, people that you know, I know there's, I literally know there's student section kids that watch this stuff too. Like if you're in the student section for one of these schools and you want to talk to us and stuff like that, feel free to see us. We'll always come have a conversation with you. Uh, we love seeing y'all and uh, stay tuned for more about uh, state championships this weekend. May have a live stream, may have other stream, uh, other stuff going on. Um, definitely going to have some Twitter spaces going on as well. Um, so just stay out, for, uh, stay tuned for that information. It's going to be on our Twitter. And if you somehow don't know our Twitter yet, it's at TXPS podcast. Um, and the same is on Instagram and our website is TXPSmedia.com. Check all that out. and We'll see y'all in Waco. Absolutely. I hope if any of you see us, just come up, have a conversation with us. It's some of the most fun part of what we do is being able to connect with everyone that's part of this community. It is without a doubt um, just our favorite thing to do. But with that being said, for the final time um, for an for an official episode this year, I have been one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis and Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have fantastically been themselves. We will see you in Waco. See you this weekend. Three, two, one.